0: I am looking forward to that day, aren't you? I am looking forward to that day. Barb Beam beat us all to the punch. She's there already. She's seeing him face to face. What a blessing. All right, I want you to take your Bibles tonight and I want you to turn to two different passages. One is first Samuel two. In your Old Testament, and then in your New Testament, Luke chapter two and verse fifty two. So we got first Samuel two twenty six. And Luke chapter 2, verse 52, there's a phrase that is used twice to describe an individual, uh, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And the one in the Old Testament is, is Samuel. The one in the New Testament is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand together, if you would. And look with me first in in, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you this evening so we can all look on God's Word together. In verse 26, it's talking about Samuel as a child. And it says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Then turn with me over to Luke chapter 2 and look down in verse 3. 52, and this is being said of our Savior Jesus Christ, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask that you would uh, help our hearts to be calmed and stilled so that we can hone in on and pay attention to the Word of God and the Spirit of God as he ministers the Word of God to us. Lord, we, uh, we have a desire, and we all ought to have a desire, and that's to first and foremost have favor with you. And then second of all, to also have favor with others. Lord, uh, if we try to do it, uh, we'll do it the wrong way, but if you give it to us, then, uh, Lord, it'll be done right. So we ask, God, that you'd help us to see uh, how we can get that favor? First of all, with you, and second of all, with others. What's necessary to be present and evident in our lives, so those things can come to pass, uh, Lord. Uh, bottom line, we just want to honor and glorify you. We look forward to someday seeing you face to face, but until then, help us to help us to be faithful and help us to, to to love you with all our heart and all our soul, all our mind and all our strength. Bless this time together in your word. Speak to our hearts tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In both cases, you find that it was said, it was said of Samuel and it was said of, of the Lord Jesus that they they uh, were in favor with God and man. And I want you to notice Whenever you find that phrase, favor with God and man, it's always favor with God and man. It's never favor with man and God. Always puts God first. If you'll, if you'll, uh, if you'll, if you'll make a point in your life to make sure that your, your life is in favor with God, then when it is in favor with man, it'll be the right way. If you get those things reversed, that will not be the case. But what I I want to do is I want to look at, well, what does the Bible say that we need to do? I mean, how do we get in that place uh, like like Samuel was so that we might be able to be in favor both with God and man? So I I looked up some verses and I found that there are verses that deal with with favor with God. And then I found there were verses that also dealt with favor of man. So we're going to take a look at the favor of God verses first. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. And in Genesis 17, I want you to look with me down starting in verse 24. Genesis 17 and verse 24, and it says, And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And in the, in the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son, and all the men of his house born in the house and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. And down in verse uh, 1 of chapter 18, says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the, the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord... If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Now, the the truth is, he did find favor in God's sight, and he found favor in God's sight because he was obedient. He had done that with his house, with the males in his house, that God had asked him to do. Psalm 119 and, and verses uh, 57 and 58 said, I have said I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. We get favor with God when we just simply are obedient to God and we do what God says. When we put as a premium the, the commands and, and the, uh, the uh, uh, things that God would have us to do, uh, God, the Bible says God gives us favor when we do that. Uh, another thing uh, that gives us favor with God, go to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs 8. And in Proverbs 8, now all of Proverbs 8 is talking about wisdom. And wisdom is personified in Proverbs eight. And down in verse 35, Proverbs chapter eight and verse thirty five. It says, "For whoso findeth me," and again, this is wisdom speaking, says, "For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord." So the Bible says that, that uh, we obtain favor with God when we get wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is just simply seeing things. Through God's, from God's perspective, seeing things through God's eyeglasses, and then then responding accordingly, because we know that that's the wisdom of the Lord. Proverbs chapter twelve. Proverbs chapter twelve. Look down verse two. It says, "A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices, will he condemn." Uh, a person who's a good man is one who receives instruction, one who, uh, uh, is wanting to, to please the Lord. And, uh, the Bible says that a good man gets favor and you know, obtains favor from God. And then one last one, Proverbs chapter 18. And you ladies are going to like this one. Proverbs chapter 18. Some of you already know where I'm going. Proverbs 18, down a verse. Down in verse 22, it says, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And all God's lady said. Amen. amen. You ought to say amen. Uh, Bible says you, you find a wife and you, you know, you serve God together and you, you, you obtain favor of God. Those are some verses, those are things that God says specifically you do these things and you'll get favor with me. So that's the favor with God part. How about the favor with man part? Take your Bibles and turn to First Samuel 16. First Samuel chapter 16. and verses 21 and 22. 1 Samuel 16, 21 and 22. Verse 21 says, And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. And he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. Why did he find favor in the sight of Saul? Because, number one, he loved him. And out of that love sprung service to him. He had a servant's heart towards Saul. And because of that, he got favor with Saul. When you serve others, when you care enough for others to serve them, you don't serve them for your own purposes. You don't, you don't try to be a blessing in order to get a kickback. But you serve them just because you love them. And that's what David did. Then you get favor with man. Go to Esther chapter 2. Esther chapter two. Esther chapter two verses twelve down through seventeen verse twelve says, "Now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Ahazus, after that she had been twelve months according to the manner of the women, the, the women. so for so were the days of their purifications accomplished to wit, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. Then thus came every maiden unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the woman, women uh, unto the, the king's house. In the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women, to the custody of, of uh, Shaz, Shazgaz, uh, the uh, king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines, she came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she was called by name. <clears throat> now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of, of Abihail, the, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his, for his daughter was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the uh, king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken into King Ahasuerus, into his house royal in the tenth month, which, was, which is the month Tabith, "...in the seventh year of his reign, and the king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight, more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti." Now, how was it that she got such great favor in the sight of the king? Well, within the context, one of the things that she did was she was given an opportunity to, to have anything that she desired. She asked for nothing because she was content with what she has. I believe contentment and it's just a spirit of contentment gives us great favor with others. They see that we are, we are pleased, we're content, we don't have a covetous spirit and, and honestly, you think about it, what would you rather be around? Would you rather be around a person who's covetous, or would you rather be around someone who's just content with what God has given to him? And uh, so so uh, one of the ways to get favor with man is is to just simply be content with what God has given. In uh book of Esther, chapter 5, same book, go to chapter 5, look at verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. so Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. If you look at the context of that thing, she dressed up for the king. She she put on the very best. She made sure she looked good for him. By the way, can I just say something to you, wives? Uh, Don't dress for anybody else. Dress for your husbands. They're, They're the ones that you're supposed to be dressing for. But, but she made sure she had on her best. She made sure she looked her best, the best that she could look. And it says that it gained favor with Him. By the way, I've heard people say, say things that I, I think this is a dumb thing to say if you know your Bible at all. But I've heard people make comments like, well, God doesn't care how you dress. Well, you know what, if you're saying that, you've not read the book. <laughs> because the Bible talks a lot about the way that we dress, the way that we look. And when, 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 when your heart is in the right place and you're doing it for the right reasons, you know, it's not a show, it, you know, we, we dress up when we come to, to church on Sunday. And we dress up on Wednesday. And there's a reason for that. It's not because we're trying to please others. We're trying to please God. And, and, and I believe God deserves our very best. And all God's people said, amen. Yeah, you do too. And, uh, and, and because she dressed her very best, it got favor with, with her husband. It got favor with man. Go to, go to Proverbs chapter 28. Another way to get favor with others. Proverbs chapter 28. And look down in verse 23. It says, he that rebuketh the man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. And all this is simply saying is be honest with people. Be honest. Be willing when when it's necessary to confront folks. And I've talked about this often, but you don't confront people that have problems or that need a rebuke because you want to put them in their place. If that's your motive, you've you've got the wrong motive. Uh, you don't, you don't rebuke folks because, uh, you want, you want to, you want to give it to them, so to speak. That's the wrong motive. But if you, if you rebuke folks because you love them, because you care for them, uh, you speak the truth because, and you tell them, uh, what's really going on with them and, and, and you're honest with them, the Bible says that you'll have a better opportunity to have favor with them then if you flatter them, and, or if you or if you just flat out lie about them, and you don't speak the truth, go to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. And we heard a little bit about this tonight in the testimonies. Acts chapter two. Look down at verse forty-seven. This is the. <clears throat> this is the the the. Uh, the Church at Jerusalem uh, on the day of Pentecost and it, or after after Pentecost actually and it says praising God speaking of the church praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This church was uh, continued in one accord. They were of one faith. They were of one heart. They were of one mind. They praised the Lord. And because all those things were taking place, the Bible says that that, that drew, drew favor with others. A church with, with one accord and singleness of heart will, will gain favor with, with, with other folks outside of the church. Um, Jesus said this. He says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one to another. That gets favor. And then one last thing. Uh, and, and, I don't have a verse per se. But, but God gave, uh, gives us, God gives us favor with men. In other words, it's something that God does for us. And, and you see this in the life of, of Joseph. Joseph, uh, uh, though he did not have favor with his brothers at first because he told them about a dream that he had and he said, someday you're gonna, you're gonna bow down in obeisance to me. Uh, uh, you know he he, uh, he he had some he had some understanding. He didn't have a whole lot of wisdom, otherwise he wouldn't have kind of told his big brothers uh, that, that someday they were going to buy it down to him. But nonetheless, uh, they took him, threw him in a pit. He ended up going to Potiphar's house because of the way that he served. God gave him favor with Potiphar. Then he was falsely accused. He was thrown down into jail, and uh, while he was in prison. He had favor with the jailer. And then later, God gave him favor with uh, with, with Pharaoh. And so you find that there are cases where, where God specifically, because we're obedient to Him, because we have the right heart, we have the right spirit, He'll give, give us favor with men. So you've got, you've got some things that the Bible says, if we do these things, we'll get favor with God. The Bible says, if we do these things, we'll we'll get favor with man. It sure would be nice if all of that was just kind of rolled up into one principle so that we wouldn't have to look at a list over here and a list over here and put the list together. Well, the fact of the matter is God has given us that principle. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. And He's rolled all this, these things into one and given us a biblical principle that God says will give us favor with God and man if we just simply do it. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 3 and look down in verses 3 and 4. It says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck write them upon the table of thine heart, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. What are the two things that God says that we need to have? We need to have mercy, and we need to have truth. Well, just like it, it's important that we find favor with God first and then with man and not in a reverse order. Do you notice what comes first when we find favor with God and man, first of all, we've got to have mercy. And second of all, we've got to have truth. Now, we get mercy mercy by coming to God and getting forgiveness of sins, trusting Christ as Savior. And once we receive mercy, we can dispense it to others. But I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that that God put the mercy first because mercy is what greases the skids for the truth. The the more merciful we are, the more receptive people will be about the truth. Uh, this last week, uh, as most of you know, we had a we had a funeral, and uh, Barb has a a brother who lives out in California. He sat through he sat through the whole thousand means that he sat through it. He sat through the whole service, and uh, and didn't retreat over to that room over across the hall. That's a good thing. And uh, Barb's, Barb's uh, uh, brother has said uh, to the family that he's an atheist. I sat down with him on, uh, that night and just, just small talked a little bit. And he, he volunteered this. I didn't ask him. I didn't, I didn't even lead up to it. I didn't give him some you know, bait to bite on, so to speak. And, and what he said was this. He said, and again, from his perspective, understand what he's saying from his perspective. And he said, you know, I can really see where religion has really helped this family get through this time. Now, you know, he calls it religion. We call it faith in God. Amen? Uh, but, but, but regardless... He saw the difference. Now, guarantee, he's out in California. He's seen all the other crowd. Okay? Uh, They're they're in abundance out there. Well, they are here too. But, uh, But the truth is is that he saw the difference. Can I tell you one of the reasons why he saw the difference? Because he saw within his own family those that are saved have mercy and have truth. Now, I know Barb witnessed to her brother. I know the family's witness to him. I know that. But they showed mercy to him before they witnessed to him. They, he saw the mercy, and then he saw the truth. Now, he's not saved. And he didn't give any indication necessarily that he was he was looking in that direction. But you know what else he told me? He says, he says you know, and I, I found out that he said this several times to Chuck while he was here, he said, you know, what really bothers me. I'm the last surviving member of my family, and that bothers me. You know what he's doing? He's starting to think about eternal things. Well, that's a good thing. What a blessing. But you know what? Uh, I'll bet you they didn't go up to him and say, listen, uh, I, just, I just want to let you know that you're going to die and go to hell like a grease ball bearing on a plank, if you don't trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, bless God. I, don't, I know that wasn't their approach. Not at all. You know what they had? They had a merciful heart toward Him. He saw that, and then He heard the truth. He got both. He got the mercy, and He got the truth. Take, take your Bibles and, uh, and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15 is the story of, of um, Saul who was given a command of God and he did not fulfill that command. He uh, took the thing into his own hands and did it his own way. And he was supposed to go in and wipe out the Amalekites. And he didn't. He allowed the people to to spare the, the good livestock. And he also... Uh, uh, spared the king, and neither one of those things were supposed to take place. And we we find that Samuel is getting ready to go and to confront Saul about his sin. Look in 1 Samuel 15. Look in verses 10-14. through Verse 10 says, Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Did you get that? All night. Well, He didn't get any sleep that night. Verse 12 says, And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold... He set him up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Now basically, what he's saying is, you said you obeyed God. But buddy, then why do I hear the bleeding of the sheep? I wouldn't hear any sheep bleeding if if you had done what God told told you to do. Well, what is he doing? He's delivering truth. But you know what he did the night before? He spent the whole night in his bed crying. He had a broken heart for Saul. You know there may be times when when you have to deliver some really hard words to someone. Quite frankly, anytime anytime I witness, anytime I I witness and tell people about Christ, um, I enjoy telling them that Jesus died for their sins. I enjoy telling them that uh, he he was buried, he rose, he, he died, he was buried, he rose again the third day. If you trust Christ and Christ alone as as your Savior, you'll you can have. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life for all eternity. You know, I don't like telling somebody they're a sinner. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get my jollies that way. I, I I don't like telling someone you deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. And you know what? If if we enjoy doing that, there's something wrong in our hearts. We need to have a merciful heart. Because there's some rough information from time to time that we're going to have to tell folks. There's rough information we've got to tell the lost. There's some rough things we have to tell one another from time to time. There needs to be mercy along with that truth. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1. In 2 Timothy 1, look with me down in verse 13. It says, Hold fast the form of sound words. Now, what is that? That's truth. He's saying, listen, hold fast to it. Hold fast to sound words. Hold fast to truth. Which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He's saying, listen, you need to hold the truth, but you need to hold it in love. Now, why is that so important? Because God is a balanced being, and we need to, as His children, be, be, have that balance ourselves. Uh, we, need, we need to love people. There's no doubt about that. But we also need to be willing to be able to give them the truth, whether, whether it's... Whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, there's times when it's unpleasant to deliver truth to someone. But you know what? You can do that a whole lot better if you have mercy and love and care for those folks in your heart. Um, Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. This is the, the farewell address that the Apostle Paul gave. When he, was, when he was going to, to leave Ephesus, this is the last time he saw the folks at Ephesus, and particularly the, the Ephesian elders. And in Acts chapter 20, look with me down in verse 31. He is he's kind of lining out all that he did through the times that, that he spent with them. And then he says in verse 31, "...therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone." day and night, with tears. Now, he didn't hold back on the truth. Not one bit. But he had a broken heart. He had, he had tears. You know, the, the, the Scripture makes it very, very clear that we ought to love folks, but we ought to also stand firmly for the truth. There are folks today that, that overload on the love part, never talk about sin, Never confront people, never talk about hell, but all oh, they love folks. Then you got folks over here <laughs> that they just get out the sword and go and, and start lopping off heads. <laughs> you know, and uh, boy, when it comes to the truth, they got the truth. They haven't cried one time over the plight of one lost soul. Neither one of those extremes is right. Neither one's right. We need to not only have Love and mercy and grace, we also need to have the truth and we need to, to hold on to it firmly. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, and this is a description of our Savior. John chapter 1, and if you look with me, if you would, down in verse... Verse seventeen says, "For the law was given by Moses." Then it says, "But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ." You know, I've offered, wondered why? Why doesn't God switch that around? Why didn't He have truth and grace? Because I believe the grace, grace is the skids for the truth. Both are necessary. We need to have, have a firm hold on to truth, but we also need to have that grace. Grace prepares for truth. Mercy prepares for truth. Love prepares for truth. Those things are necessary. And, and, and as I said, the tendency is to get out of balance. And, and that, that applies in every area of our life when it comes to Witnessing. We need we need to, we need to be be truthful with folks. We need to, you know, one of the things that years ago I was just recounting this to to somebody. Um, I I had a, a uh, an opportunity to go witness, and I was witnessing. It was with a college and career class. so I was down in college, and uh, we went to uh, we went to some of the students that lived off campus. And uh, this person and I went up to the door. We got to meet the guy. The guy let us in. We started to witness to him. I started to witness to him and told him where we were from and invited him to come to church, but then went into a full-blown witness and gave him the, the whole gospel. He claimed, he claimed, well, I think I've done that. And he hadn't done that. And later on, the rest of the story is he finally trusted Christ as Savior and got saved. But... Uh, but he, he, uh, uh, we had the opportunity to give him the gospel. We got back into the car afterwards, and the person that I was with, who was driving the car, just said, looked at me and said, wow. And I said, wow, wow what? What you did. And as soon as they said that, I thought, uh-oh, what did I do? <laughs> you know? And I says, what I did, what did I do? You witnessed to him well, duh, yeah, that's why we're here. He's, that person said, listen, I've been on vi- visitation, and this person was a town student, or, 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 or t- a town church member, not even a student, worked a worked a job, and said, I've, I've been out on visitation since I was a kid. This is the first time I've ever been with someone who sat down and gave somebody the full plan of salvation. That's horrible. That's horrible. I, I, had, I had this happen on Friday night. I had it, and my wife, my wife had some people comment to, uh, to her, please understand the spirit of which I tell you this. I don't mean this in any patting on the back. It's not that way at all. Folks came up to me, came up to my wife and said, wow, man, you, uh, that was the plainest clearest presentation of the gospel that I have ever heard. Christian people. save people. Excuse me? If that was the clearest presentation of the gospel you ever heard, and I didn't do anything out of the ordinary, anything different than any of our folks would do out on visitation, then why in the world are you going to the church you're going to? You know, it, it, grace is important, and mercy is important, and love is important, but so is truth. And you better be giving people the truth. And you better be willing to be able to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. When it comes to witnessing, we need to have mercy and truth. In your homes, you, if, if you have the right kind of home, you're going to have, you're going to have rules in your home. You're going to have things that are acceptable, things that are unacceptable in your home. You're going to, to, you should do biblical discipline in your home. But listen, don't do it without also having mercy. You got the truth. You got the rules. You've got the, you know, you've got the, the discipline that has to be done. Make sure that the kids don't just see the mercy. Or don't just see the truth, but they see a combination of the two together. When uh, when when a husband leads a home, the way that a husband is to lead a home is not just in mercy and just be loving and kind, but also in truth. But those two are not mutually exclusive. They ought to be together. They need to be combined. And we need to make sure that people see the mercy and the truth. Uh, when you know, when when we have folks that we have a lot of folks in our church that that uh, work in children's ministry. I was so thrilled when we had vacation Bible school this year. We had we had about one, th- actually more than a third of of uh, our church people involved in vacation Bible school in one form or another for that whole week. We had over a third of the people involved. And uh, But when you're involved with kids, you know what they need to see? They need to see the truth. But they also need to see that heart of mercy. They need to see that you care for them. They need to see that you love them. Um, when it, and again, going back to the family. When, when you have you know, family devotions, and you ought to have family devotions, there will be some times throughout the week that you sit down with your family, guys, and uh, you give them the Word of God. By the way, uh, if you're homeschooling, I think that's wonderful, but don't let, don't have your wife be in charge of devotions. You do it. You're the high priest of the home. <laughs> uh, make sure that you do it. But when you do it, uh, there's right ways to do it and wrong. I've seen it done both ways. I've done it both ways. You know, I've, I've, I've called our kids out and said... Come on, let's get in the living room, Come on, We got to have devotions. We got other things to do tonight. Let's get this thing on. Our, let's get this show on the road. Oh man, really makes them excited to sit down and open up their Bibles with mom and dad. Now they need to see truth, but they need to see mercy alongside of it. It's not enough to just be right, and it's not enough to just be sincere and loving, and merciful. We need to have both. We need to have mercy. And we need to have truth. So people can see Jesus Christ in us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank You tonight for the admonitions You give us in Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for the example The Lord Jesus Christ was, when He came to this earth, He was full of grace and full of truth. Uh, Lord, uh, You never one time compromised on truth. But it was obvious that You love folks. And may it be obvious that we love folks, but that we also have the truth to give them. Lord, maybe I'm speaking to some folks tonight that uh, maybe someone's here this evening who's heavy on the truth, kind of light sometimes on the mercy, kind of light on the grace, kind of light on the love. Lord, may they make a determination tonight to uh, add that grace, that mercy, that love to their truth. There might be other folks here tonight that are heavy on the mercy. Heavy on heavy on grace, heavy on love. That's obvious. But kind of skimp sometimes on truth, whether it be to folks that they need to confront, or whether it to be loved ones, or whether it to be the lost. Uh, God, we need to be, we need to be, be truthful with them, with the word of God. Father, speak to our hearts tonight. Help us to see the importance of being people of mercy and people of truth, so that first and foremost, over and above anything else, we can gain favor with our God. Lord, if we're a a people of mercy and truth this week, we'll uh, put a big smile on your face. And uh, God, not only will we find favor with you, but we'll even find favor with others, because you'll give us that favor in their sight. Bless this invitation. Lord, as you speak in the hearts tonight, it could be about a myriad of things. Whatever it might be tonight, I pray that you, that you not only speak to their hearts, but they say yes to the Spirit of God as he moves for In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.